you know, following Jesus doesn't mean your life is perfect, but it means that you love the one who is, mm. that you hear the voice of the one who is. You know, we can look at even our family where people can think our family's perfect and everything's been wonderful and and yet it always hasn't. You know, we've had struggles, we've gone through hard times, but we don't let that dictate and dominate our life because God's word is truth. And it doesn't matter what's going on around us. God's word is still true. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Offstage Podcast. We are in season two. It's been awesome so far. We are talking about the stories, the stories of um, some of our leadership and staff at Refuge so that you can kind of hear more about their lives. And it's just been so awesome. And today I'm really excited because we have Pastor Deb Malik with us, and she's going to share a little bit about her story. But why don't you introduce yourself for those of you who don't know? Who are you? What do you do here? Okay. Well, I am, as she said, Pastor Deb Malik, known as Pastor Deb around here. And also, I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother and a mother to four, grandmother to seven. And plus, because along the way, sometime we'll have more grandchildren. It's always a grandma's heart, right? And um, what I do here is a lot of administration, and I'm also the associate lead pastor. So I work alongside my husband, and anything that has to do with refuge, um, the child care. I was the founding director at Canaland Early Learning, and also involved in the foundation of Stevens Point Christian Academy. So this is my 38th year being on staff here. Wow. A long time. Almost your whole life. Almost my whole life. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so I wanted to start with an icebreaker, kind of okay. along the same lines of this. Um, but before working here at Refuge and at the child care, can you tell us about another job you had? Maybe it was like a favorite job or... A funny job. I don't know. Can jobs be funny? Well, but well, when I think when you ask that question, I just had this memory of my life and all these little jobs that I had. I actually worked at an antique shop. Was one of my first jobs, Aww. and I it was called Granary Goodies, and it was in a town in northern Wisconsin called Merrill. And um, so I learned all about antiques, which was pretty interesting when you're, you know, 14 or 15 years old. I'm not really sure I cared about antiques, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was a really fun job. I was a bus girl. I was a um, CNA at a nursing home. I loved that job, working with the elderly. And another favorite job I had was I... Um, worked in an early learning center for migrant children's or migrant workers' children. Mm. And so they all spoke Spanish. And so I learned a little bit of Spanish that we would need for children, like in línea, that means get in line. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pronto, like hurry up. <laughs> Como te amas? What's your name? You uh -huh. know, little things like that. But I absolutely loved that job. Mm. I know it's hard to believe that before working here, you know, you had other jobs and mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. And so um, fun to hear about 
that, but we can go ahead and just dive right in to hearing about your story. And for those of you who don't know, Pastor Deb is my mom. And so um, I, I've heard your story a lot because, you know, just part of being close, that happens. But I'm excited because I think I might learn some things about you today. Okay. So we'll see we whether go. good or bad. I don't know. <laughs> but can you just talk to us about your early years, your upbringing, um, maybe like your family, and if there were people in those early years that shaped your journey to where you are now? Sure. So I am the oldest of five children, and my mom and dad uh, weren't married when I was conceived, and so that was a big deal back in those days. So two months after they were married is when I was born. And so it was an interesting time, um, you know, generationally, culturally, that wasn't something acceptable. You know, I was somebody that was really um, shunned by my family because, well, I wasn't really, but my parents were, um, especially by some of my grandparents and, well, the great-grandparents. And so that was an interesting time. I, I used to see these people walk into church every Sunday, and I'd be like, I know, I know who they are, but they would never say hello to us. They would walk right past us, right up, you know, to the front of the church. And they were actually my great grandparents, but never had a relationship with them. Um, but the Lord changed all that around. And my great-grandmother, um, she was in her, in her early 90s and needed care in her home. And so at that time, I was between jobs. And so they actually asked me to help take care of my great-grandmother, who was somebody who shunned my parents because I was born. Mm -hmm. And so God totally restored, redeemed Wow. It's an amazing story because mm -hmm. I just loved her. We had such a close bond. And when you look at what the traditions of men did and tried to do, I never would have had a relationship with her. Mm. And so she actually ended up giving me her um, engagement ring, which is huge mm. when you think of the beginning of that story. Mm. I love that. I love how God redeemed that. Mm -hmm. So then... Um, how did you meet Jesus? What was that pivotal moment for you when you first heard about Jesus? How did, how was all of that? Well, again, I grew up in a denominational church and that's where I learned about Jesus. I learned that he died on the cross for us. I believed that he forgave our sins. I even believed that Jesus could heal people, but I didn't have a personal relationship with him. And I can remember being in a CCD class when I was in high school, and my CCD teacher one, one Wednesday night started talking and was just crying about how she never really shared Jesus with us like she should have. And I thought she was crazy. I didn't know <laughs> what she was talking about. She's crying and Obviously, she had a born-again experience with the Lord mm -hmm. and realized that she was teaching us religion, but she wasn't teaching us or giving us the tools for a relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So that was my first um, inkling that 
there's something more to this God thing. Mm -hmm. And so um, that, I believe, was the beginning of my faith journey in seeking who Jesus really was. And it wasn't until I was in my early 20s, um, I was actually 23 years old, when I just was tired of the life I was living. Mm. And um, partying was a big part of my life. If there wasn't a party happening, I was going to make it happen. And so we, um, I played softball and volleyball. Six days a week I was playing some kind of sport tournaments on weekends and absolutely loved my friend group and all of that. But even though I had all of that, life was not fulfilling. Mm. Then a friend of mine um, thought he was dying and wanted to go to church. And I was like, well you know, I'll take you to the church I go to. And and even though I wasn't hardly going to church, and he's like, I don't want to go to that kind of church. I want to go to, and then he explained the kind of church, you know, a church where the music was more lively and engaging. And and I had worked at, um, I had worked a, a job, an office job, and the lady I worked with actually was a church secretary here and would tell me about this church all the time. And I'd be like, yeah, that's okay. I'll never go to that place. <laughs> because she talked about how people were more expressive and worship and things like that. And I'm like, you mean like those people on TV? And I'm like, I want nothing to do with that. But that's the exact kind of church that this friend of mine wanted to go to. And so um, so he, we, you know, set up a time. We were going to go to church and went to church. It was a Friday night. There was a guest speaker uh, the church actually met at a hotel conference room, which that in itself for me, you know, growing up in a traditional church that was beautiful with statues and all those, <clears throat> excuse me, all those kinds of things mm -hmm. to walk into a hotel room, <laughs> conference room for a church was like crazy to me. But when the minister was talking about Jesus and him loving us unconditionally and filling every void in our life, I thought, that's what I'm looking for. And so that night is when I received Jesus, and um, I also received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and my life was radically changed mm. from that moment on. That's so good. And I love how you touched on the aspect of religion versus relationship. And I think that's a cliche that we hear a lot in church, but I don't know if you can briefly touch on that a little bit because you grew up in a denomination that was very about traditions and, and maybe you had a lot of the head knowledge, but um, even maybe sharing how that was a foundation for you leading into your relationship with God and maybe share some of the differences of that. I think, you know, when you said that, the first thing that came to mind is the difference in what the fear of God is. And so for me growing up, I had a fear of God, but it was afraid that if I do something wrong, he's going to get me. Hmm. Anything bad that happened in my life was because I made a bad choice. And it was absolutely based on works. Mm -hmm. What did I do to gain God's approval? And so um, that really was something that when I received Jesus in my heart as the Lord of my life, 
something that was a hard thing to get through and get past, realizing that I didn't have to do anything to earn God's approval, that just by receiving him and asking him into my heart, asking him to be the Lord of my life, not just my Savior. When Jesus is Savior, that means you believe he died on the cross. You believe all the things he did for us. But when he's the Lord of your life, it's when you lay your life down and you surrender everything and say, Jesus, you're my Lord. Take mm. everything. And that, for me, is the difference now the way I see the fear of God as a reverence. Like, I don't serve God because I have to. I don't tithe because I have to. Mm -hmm. I don't serve in the church because I have to. It's because I get to and I absolutely want to because of my love relationship with mm. Jesus. Mm, that's really good. So for you and for your journey, how do you see yourself now walking out your faith as opposed to before? And what difference has following Jesus made in your life? Okay, that's a big question. <laughs> and so I think that we're never satisfied with where we are in our walk with God. Like I never think I've arrived. Mm -hmm. I always think, God, what do you have for me today? When I open his word, I know that every time I open God's word, he's speaking to me. There's something that jumps out in scripture and that's me hearing God's voice. And so for me, um, that's something that on a day-to-day -day basis is so important to me. And so the foundational part of like, you know, even, you know, and I know we don't like to talk a whole lot about this, but with political climates and how that changes and all those things, honestly, I just don't get real into it mm -hmm. because it's always going to change. Yep. There's always going to be a different president, but there's never going to be a different Jesus. Jesus mm -hmm. is always our solid foundation. And when we take our eyes off that, I think is when everything around us can crumble. Yeah. And I, I know that this world needs more of Jesus. That is the absolute only answer for all the problems that are going on around us. So where I see my life today is really more of a pouring into younger people, younger ministers, you know, being able to help people, you know, even, even how we talk in our language, because what we say, what comes out of our mouth is really what's in our heart. Mm -hmm. You know, I think when it comes to sickness and disease and when it comes to um, people's perspectives on things, are we speaking words of life or are we speaking words of death? Mm -hmm. Every second we have a choice. The things that come out of our mouth, is it life or death? Mm. Yeah, that's a good word. I know that is a good reminder for me too. Mm -hmm. um, so... Let's talk about um, specifically maybe an area of doubt and if there have been times in your journey where you felt maybe distant from God or maybe going, you're just maybe struggling with something. How do you navigate that to change that doubt and that unbelief to uh, belief and to really propel you closer to Jesus? Okay. Well, when you mentioned that, I thought of an example right away. There's a really good friend of ours um, who 
and this is like 20, 22 years ago, was diagnosed with cancer. And he was probably your dad's best friend and mm. somebody he just connected with and amazing guy. And he really um, struggled with medical treatment, things like that. He just, you know, I don't know the reason and all that. You know, we we would talk to him through things and try to talk through things. Anyway, he, um, he was diagnosed with cancer in June. And so we were standing, believing God, and um, he didn't make it. He passed away in December. So it was really fast, and he had just had a new baby, he and his wife, and so it was a really difficult time. And so for me, his parents were walking with God. Her parents were walking with God. This church was praying. We're believing God for a miracle, for healing, for ultimate healing, and we didn't see what we thought was the ultimate healing. Mm -hmm. And so um, the day of his funeral, I'd gotten a phone call, and the phone call was from a lady who um, had her son at the childcare. Well, now this son was 18 years old, and she was somebody, he, so he was here in the preschool years, um, and she reached out because her son was in an accident, was hit by a train, his car was hit by a train, and he was paralyzed from the neck down. They didn't think he was going to live. And she's like, I just am thinking, I need God. I need help. Mm. Who can I call that believes God? And she called me. Mm. And this is right in the middle of the visitation for this funeral mm. for this man that died that we didn't see prayer answered the way we thought. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, he did get his ultimate healing because he is with Jesus. Yeah. But at that moment, it was a test of my faith. What do you believe? Who do you believe? And so I just thought, you know what? I'm praying with her because I do believe God's word is true. And so I prayed with her. You know, I let go of my flesh and my emotions and my thinking. And what does God's word say? And so we prayed together. She called me about a month later and she said, I just want to thank you. Jacob is completely healed. He's wow. walking. He's not paralyzed. She said, we saw a miracle. Wow. And I just want to thank you. And so for me, that was a huge step yeah. in my faith and that I believe God, I trust God, not because I feel it, but because I know God's word is true. Mm. That's so good. I love that story. Mm -hmm. um, so... When it comes to standing in faith and even reading the Bible, has there been a scripture that has just been kind of your scripture for your life that you've stood on? Well, there is. I love Proverbs. Anybody who knows me will say that. It's because she has a lot of wisdom. You know? She could probably just add to the. Oh, sure. Yes. <laughs> well, because Proverbs is filled with wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's pretty direct, and it's also, um, you know, doesn't mince words. Yeah. <laughs> and so I love Proverbs, but um, especially, and I'm glad you asked that because I was, as I was thinking about today, this scripture really has been scripture that has been um, kind of a, you know, theme for my life mm -hmm. when I think about planning my ways and directing my steps and you know, God's thoughts and my thoughts and all of that. And so I'm actually going to read it from the Amplified Bible. 
and it's Proverbs. A lot of people um, will talk about Proverbs 5 and 6, but I'm also going to read 4. It says, So you shall find favor, good understanding, and high esteem in the sight or judgment of God and man. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him, and he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Wow. Like, I love the amplified version with <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that's good. There's so much in that. And I, mm-hmm. I really love where it says lean on, trust in. I think I hear a lot of people saying now how I leaned into God. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where I go right there. Lean on, trust in. And so when you're leaning into God, it's getting closer to him. It's really hearing his voice and not following other voices around us because there's mm-hmm. a lot of opinions but God's word is truth, and that's what we need to look to. Hmm. That's good. And along the same lines, do you have like a theme, word, or phrase that you feel like sums up your journey with the Lord? Uh, <laughs> it's a really big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we do so many things every day that are things, <clears throat> are they necessary you know, are they things that um, we have to do or are they things that are really important to Jesus? Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of that whole less is more, you know, thinking. And for me, that's a constant. That's yeah. always a journey. You know, we can accomplish so much more with less. We can make following Jesus so hard when mm-hmm. it's really just reading his word yeah. and obeying, you know, which... Mm-hmm which can be hard, yes, <laughs> but, but it's a lot easier than other choices yeah. that people make. Yeah, I love that. Um, so as we wrap things up, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to share or anything else that's just on your heart? Any advice? Okay. <laughs> well, I think another thing, you know, following Jesus doesn't mean your life is perfect. But it means that you love the one who is, Mm. that you hear the voice of the one who is. You know, we can look at even our family where people can think our family's perfect and everything's been wonderful and, and yet it always hasn't. You know, we've had struggles, we've gone through hard times, but we don't let that dictate and dominate our life. Mm-hmm. because God's word is truth. And it doesn't matter what's going on around us. God's word is still truth. I'm always a person who's going to say, let's do whatever it takes to make it happen, not just squeeze by just enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm also the person who will believe God because my cup is always half full. Again, because we trust God, we believe God. Mm -hmm. I'm not the person who's like, how can it not happen? It's like, nope, Mm -hmm. how is this going to happen? You know, with God's help, of course. You know, I think of hard times we've been through. You know, we've had a few miscarriages, and those are really hard times to walk through. But we can have peace in it because we know, first of all, those babies are with Jesus, and we have children that have never sinned, that have always (laughs) been obedient. It's amazing. (laughs) But um, those were hard times. Those were difficult Mm -hmm. times. 
You know, we've had our parents that have passed away. Walking through those seasons, those are hard times. Mm -hmm. People that have been at the church that have been super faithful and loyal, and I'm going to be with you to the end, and then they leave. Those are hard times. Mm -hmm. But again, our solid foundation is Jesus Christ. And he does not promise easy, but he Mm -hmm. has zillions of promises (laughs) in his word that, Mm -hmm. that we can hold on to and trust in, and that's what helps to make our life better. Yeah, that's so good. And I think it's so evident in your life and ministry, even with Pastor Matt. Um, But, I mean, think about almost 40 years of ministry. You don't even, that's very uncommon nowadays, but you've lived your life with that foundation and... And I think, you know, even hearing you, this is your whole life's message, but it's also evident in, in the fruit of just how you live your life. And, and it's inspiring to so many, inspiring (laughs) to me as your daughter, your favorite child. One of the four favorite children, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yes. I always, I always have to throw that in there, but, um, well, I think that's all for today. If you were blessed by this, I know I was, feel free to share it with somebody who you might think needs a little boost of encouragement today, but feel free to subscribe and like this and check back next week. We'll have another awesome story, another awesome episode for you to enjoy. So Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next week.